1: Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell.
2: Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Executive Minister and Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, which is led by the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells. The church was founded by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. Uh, I'm in the midst of a series titled The Evolution of New Thought, and I wanted to bring someone on the show that I feel as though has a great perspective on the evolution of new thought. A friend of mine, a co-worker, who is the chief operating officer of Christ Universal Temple and a fantastic attorney? Um, please welcome the author of Mind and Grind: A Thinker's Guide to Practical Spirituality, Gavin Jackson. How are you doing there, Gavin? I am excellent.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. Love this show. Love what you are doing and have been doing. So I'm, I'm excited about today.
2: Beautiful. So am I. So am I. So uh Gavin before we get into uh the book Mind and Grind which is really a blend of business principles and practical spirituality can you give the people a little bit of background
1: on yourself Sure so um you know in your intro you mentioned that my my current position is the chief operating officer of Christ Universal Temple uh, obviously a historic ministry I've been in that position now for Uh, Over nine years, so going on 10 years this year, so man, time flies, but my background is actually in banking and law. Um, I'm a graduate of Hampton University and Northwestern University School of Law. I spent the early part of my career as an investment banker. Um, I'm also a business owner and the son of business owners, so entrepreneurship and and business leadership has just been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Um, Additionally, I grew up at Christ Universal Temple, um, was baptized as a baby there. So when when people like you talk about hardcore metaphysics, hardcore metaphysician, it is just ingrained. uh, It's ingrained in everything I do. It's ingrained in what I was taught by my parents, what I was taught by Reverend Coleman, and what I continue to learn uh, from teachers like yourself and Reverend Derek Wells. And so what I noticed was that always in my career, even though my, my training, my formal training is in the law and is in business, I was always infusing the truth, capital T Truth, as a business leader. I was always infusing spiritual principles into how I move business deals forward. And so it's just been a part of my existence, kind of the best of both worlds, uh, as they would
2: say. Beautiful, beautiful. So um, you recently produced, wrote a book titled Mind and Grind, A Thinker's Guide to Practical Spirituality. So, you know, you just gave your background, which is spirituality, new thought, and business and law. Uh, But what drove you to actually write the book Mind and Grind?
1: It it really came out of uh, some meditations I was doing about a year ago, um, about a year ago this time. As we all know, the way we do business uh, locally, nationally, internationally changed drastically as we faced the changes brought about by the global pandemic. Um, It became time for, for real business leaders and entrepreneurs like myself to have to adapt, not just monthly, but almost daily, in how we did things, and as you know, we were making adjustments at Christ Universal Temple, <clears throat> and so I was at home, like everybody was at home, and just doing more prayer, more meditation, but also working on my personal businesses and just thinking through how I can navigate, you know, the changes that were coming. And I just realized that most of the changes, most of the business moves always came out of spiritual principle first. And as I started to write down notes, I said, you know what, this is not something I can keep to myself. Um, I need to put this on paper and share this. And so I I just set a date. I think I started started last year and I said, you know what, by the end of this year, I'm going to have this so that I'm not, not keeping this good stuff to myself. Beautiful, beautiful. So just
2: going through, I know we can't discuss the whole book in in one one hour podcast, but there are a few things that I did want to point out. And the first thing I want to point out is chapter two, which is beyond survival. So when you're talking to business leaders, when you're talking to entrepreneurs, when you're talking to people who are striving to figure out how to make this thing work, how does this beyond survival mindset and then skill set
1: help people achieve their goals? Well, I think that no matter what we're working on, if you're in business or not in business, we just have to watch and be very mindful of the thoughts that are just survival-based thoughts. So many times we people have been through, you know, struggles maybe have come from um, a disadvantaged background, maybe have gone through hard times, and you go into what's called survival mode. You get yourself into, I just need to get out of this. I just need to make it. I just need to get by. And survival mode is crucial for that period. What I'm trying to point out in in the Chapter 2 of the book is to make sure when that season is over when the survival mode season is over and it is time to move to the next step, that you are not just sitting still and laying still just in survival mode, that you haven't just conformed yourself to your surroundings when it is time for you to really, really move. And I, you know, I wanted to just teach that really through the book of John and the, the, the very notable, the very notable scripture that a lot of people know is Jesus said, stand up take your mat and walk or stand up and take your bed and walk and really just point out there are some real instructions that scripture is giving us, that Jesus is giving us in that for when it is time, when the season has come to go just beyond survival into truly, truly thriving. Um, And so we just kind of break down in the book, about the man at the pool of Bethesda and really what's, what's going on and giving some historical context for why somebody that is, is you know experiencing sickness, that is experiencing being infirmed and is sitting in those pools back in that time when you weren't capable of being quote unquote productive to society, there weren't like true like hospitals and, and rehab places. They really just tried to put people together you know, for the sake of convenience, you you guys stay over here by this pool. And we all know the story of the Pool of Bethesda. The man, is he's heard these rumors, he's heard these stories that, man, there's a certain time where the waters are stirred up, and if I could just get to these waters, I could be healed. That man is still in survival mode. He is just trying to make it. And so when he encounters Jesus, he's just hes so happy, he's like, Oh man this is amazing can you help me can you get me to the water he's he's saying how it's so difficult for him to get to the water when it's time to get to the water the people are in his way this is happening that is happening and there are some instructions that Jesus gives by asking a question and the question that we really dive into in the book is Jesus asking him do you want to be healed Or do you want to be made whole? What I'm proposing is that Jesus is asking that question for us, for the Christ in us, to make sure that we are matching our desires to our actions. It's almost a rhetorical question. The man has just been begging to be healed. He's begging for help, and after he's asked for help, Jesus says, well, do you really want it? because there's nothing that you are doing in action that is matching your desires. And so the Christ in us is asking for us, when it's time to get beyond survival, what are you doing in action? What are you doing in prayer? What are you doing in meditation that matches what you're asking for? This is really a chapter on on agreement, Reverend McDowell. Yeah, I
2: I love it because as I was listening to you explain the chapter, I started to think about something. I'm sure you've heard me say a few times that the tongue in your mouth and the tongue in your shoe have to be going in the same direction. And Amen. It, <laughs> it, it, you know, people say things, but their actions don't back up what they say they want. You have to choose it, and then you have to act on it. That, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I do want to jump back a chapter and deal with, something in chapter one that I think is really relevant and because you were writing about Samson and Delilah and I love that story as a minister I've taught the metaphysical interpretation of Samson and Delilah many times and you titled that chapter your source of strength your source of strength what made you choose the Samson and Delilah story to help entrepreneurs and business owners understand their source of strength
1: well, well, one, so one, one is actually a, a sociological reason. I, I believe that sometimes people will use spirituality to promote or to hold people back. And a lot of times you hear the story of Samson and Delilah as a don't trust women story. Am I right? People, right. people will try to use it as a, almost you know, they'll use it for sexism reasons, to speak plainly. And the story is actually a story about connection. It's a story about how one uses what they have and how strength is imbued into someone. And so as I was this this spring, last spring, last summer, working through my two major business concerns. The one business concern is the health, the business health of Christ Universal Temple. The other major concern is the business health of my restaurant business. Um, In my personal life, we own a restaurant and we invest in a group of restaurants. And as you know, being in the restaurant business when it is not healthy to put a bunch of people in a restaurant presents its own challenges. Mm -hmm. But I was never, I was never tired doing the work. I was, I was, I never felt worn down. I always felt fully, fully strengthened. And both works and it occurred to me that the reason I I don't get tired working for Christ Universal Temple the reason I don't get tired working for my family business is because both of those are ordained assignments for me both of those come from a deep deep passion I I believe that that God has placed me in those positions, and that I am following my passion when I do those works I'm following what I would naturally do I'm following what comes from my natural ability and the samson and delilah story is actually teaching the same thing when scripture talks about samson they, they point out the fact that he that he's a Nazarite, and for them their hair was a symbol of their consecration to god they had a lot of rules they weren't supposed to you know to touch dead bodies so on and so forth but the hair was one of the rules. We don't they don't cut their hair. And so not cutting the hair was a sign that those people were consecrated and had been given an assignment by God. So that when you see the Samson and Delilah story and they're saying, Well what is Samson's strength? When his enemies are trying to, to pour down on him and get to him and have him lose his strength, they're trying to figure out what is the source of strength and Scripture describes it as his hair. But obviously, Scripture is not saying that bald people don't have strength, um, which I hope not, because I am bald as an eagle as, I, as I'm speaking to you right now. It's not about cutting hair. Right. It's a symbol of cutting your connection to your divine assignment, because your connection to your divine assignment is your source of strength. Right, right. So it looks like
2: we have a caller, Gavin. Let me bring this person on. All right. Uh, Peggy, are you there?
0: I'm here. Good morning. Oh,
2: hey, Peggy. That's that Peggy. Hey there, Peggy. How you doing?
0: (laughs) I'm doing great. Just wanted to say hello to the both of you, and I'm listening, and I know uh, I'm going to hear some great information from my uh, uh, ex-Sunday School student.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, Miss Peggy. So, my my first instructions on a lot of these biblical stories came from Miss Peggy uh, in Sunday school. She she was a teacher to me going all the way back, maybe seven or eight years old, and I had her a few times between second grade all the way to eighth grade. Uh, so, so great to hear from you, Miss Peggy. I hope that you enjoy the book and uh, see some of your teachings in me come, coming out of me.
0: I'm sure I will. I look forward to
2: it. All right. Well, thank you, Peggy. Thanks for the call, and thank you for all that you do and all that you've done and all all that you will continue to do to help people live better lives. Thank you.
0: Thank you, thank you so much.
2: All right. So for those who do want to call in, you can call in at 816-251-3555, 816 816- two, five, one, three, five, five, five. So Gavin moving on in the book. and, And that was an excellent example of using Samson and Delilah because yet again, I do agree that people use that story to, you know, to, to degrade and devalue women instead of recognizing that Samson and Delilah represent aspects of your own soul in a real way, you know, and we can get distracted from our purpose and we allow ourselves to engage in things that that give us give us a sense of separation from our good from our purpose from our vision from our mission, and when that happens, there are normally consequences to it as well, <laughs> which you know right. as you know as our founder used to say, nobody likes to pay the ticket when it's time yep. so so moving on, and you have a quote um where you were explaining um, uh, some things about your environment it's on page 23. you wrote if your life isn't working for you then examine the patterns of thinking of those around you the world around you even your family are you hanging around low-thinking people if so then you're adding to your list of things that must be overcome. Break those patterns, discern God's will, and experience his absolute good for your life. So when you're talking about the examination of your life, could you drill down on that a little bit? Because sometimes people don't realize how much their environment affects them.
1: Absolutely. And I I think it's even easier today in in the season – of social media to be quote unquote surrounded by people that are are making it giving you more challenges to overcome. I, I talk a lot about uh, cleansing cleansing your timeline uh, when I speak to people, especially speaking to young people. If you are reading posts from people that are constantly upsetting you, if you're reading posts from people that are giving you anxiousness. If if you are are clicking on things and connecting with people and commenting and finding yourself arguing online on social media all the time, then that's a new way of surrounding yourself with people that are not feeding your mind what you need to move forward. It is still part of your environment because environment is not just physical, it is mostly mental. And so if, if you find yourself 30% of the time, 50% of the time, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and being riled up and upset, then you are actually allowing the thinking of people around you to move more obstacles into your way. I'm very specific in that, in that particular chapter to mention family because that's the toughest Reverend McDowell, that that is the toughest because we, you know, we we love family. We we, we love the people, whether they're your blood family, whether they're your good, you know, lifelong friends. There's connections there. But I just think we have to just watch, just be careful that whenever you are around those people, are they feeding you their problems? You are supposed to take care of them but you're also supposed to take care of yourself. And so I just use the term family very specifically because I don't want to get past that. You can help your family when you stay on the mountaintop. If you're both drowning, you can't help anyone. So just be careful on even how you approach family.
2: Yes, I love that because when I... Counsel people through the years or coach people, normally the family thing shows up. And trying to get people to understand that anybody that's a mental drain on you, anyone that's an emotional drain on you, isn't healthy for you. And I think it's really important when you're talking, especially to people who are entrepreneurs, who are putting everything on the line to make it. You know, there's no safety net, you know you're out there, the last thing you need is somebody close to you basically functioning like an energy vampire. Every time you see them, they're sucking the life out of you. And, you know, I know that, you know, we both like, you know, superhero movies and action movies and sometimes even a good horror movie like Godzilla. Uh, But one of the things that's interesting about what you just said is it reminded me of Dracula. Because Dracula presents himself as somebody that's not a threat, his outward appearance, but he has to be invited into your home. He can't come into your space without an invitation. And many times the people who disturb us the most tend to be the people that we invite into our lives. Do you see that as something that is similar?
1: Absolutely. And it's, and it's a pattern. I believe that, that patterns, habits, things that repeat often, often, often are the most influential in your life for your benefit, but also to your detriment. And so, yes, go, you know, be, be the ear. Be the ear for the person in your life that, that, that needs you, that needs to pour out their heart, that they need to cry on your shoulder. But what's the pattern? Right are they are they is that vampire you know experience knocking on your door every week every day three times a day? It's the patterns that matter not the not the one offs here and there, but the regular conversations, the regular thoughts, the regular actions those are the things that have the highest influence on your success or lack thereof,
2: yeah, I would totally agree. Uh, We have about four minutes before we go to our our break. Could you let people know how they can get your book and how they can get in contact with you if they want to bring you in to speak, to teach a class, to to do a seminar conference, or to be a keynote speaker?
1: Absolutely. So if you would like to purchase the book, Mind and Grind, A Thinker's Guide to Practical Spirituality, it is available on Amazon. So just go to Amazon.com type in Gavin R. Jackson, that is G-A-V-I-N, R. Jackson, to pop up. You can order it in paperback. You can also order it as a digital download. So if you don't want the actual paperback, you can just download it to your phone, to your tablet, to any Kindle-enabled device, and you are ready to go. If you would like to get in contact with me directly, you can follow me on Facebook at Gavin R. Jackson. Or you can shoot me an email at gjackson at cutemple.org. That's gjackson at c-u-t-e-m-p-l-e
2: dot o-r-g. Beautiful, beautiful. I want to remind everyone that you can call in and ask Gavin a question. If you have a business question, Take advantage of having someone on the call today that can actually answer the question that has the background and the experience to answer your question. So if you're out there, you know, striving to achieve a business goal, you might not have even started your business yet. Make sure you call in and ask a question. If you've bumped into a breakdown, reach out, ask the question. So I want to just give a quick commercial before we take our break. I want to remind you that you can plug into the Christ Universal Temple ministry, first of all, by joining us every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time on YouTube. Our YouTube page is CU Temple, CU, the word temple together. You can also join us on Facebook at Christ Universal Temple for the Sunday online service or our website, which is... CUTemple.org I also want to remind you that we have a Monday through Friday Facebook lesson at noon central time. I along with Gavin and our assistant minister uh, the Reverend Marjorie Cook we teach uh, noonday lessons. You can get this practical metaphysics from 12 to 12.30pm Monday through Friday something that can help you get through lunch or maybe you don't have time or your lunch isn't around that time, or maybe you're just doing other things, plug in and make sure that you're getting this good practical spirituality that can help you live a better life. We also have a consciousness building call on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central time. You can get that information from our website. Our senior minister, the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells has a Facebook uh, basically class, you know, where he teaches different principles, and it's called Temple Talks. It's at 7 p.m. Central Time. All you have to do is go on Facebook and, at, and just use the at symbol, Reverend Derek Wells, and it'll pop right up. You want to make sure that you stay plugged in, and that way you can get what you need so you can push through for your breakthroughs. I want to make sure that you have what you need to do what you need to do, because it really works if you work it. So we're a few minutes out from our break. We're going to come back if you want to call in yet again. You can call in at 816-251-3555. We'll be right back with Truth Transform. You're listening to Unity
0: Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell.
2: Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm in the midst of interviewing uh, Gavin Jackson, who is the author of the book Mind and Grind. A Thinker's Guide to Practical Spirituality. Before we get back to the interview, I want to let you know about something that's coming up. So be on the lookout for it and how you can plug in. So Gavin is actually going to be moderating a seminar that I'm doing along with Dr. Rocco Errico, the Aramaic Bible Scholar. Uh, It will be hosted by Universal Truth Ministries on March 27th. So make sure that you're on the lookout for it. Dr. Erico is going to teach about the Gospel of John and the, the Aramaic, Semitic, and mysticism that's already within that Gospel. And I'm going to be teaching some principles from the Bible, some metaphysical principles from the Bible about how to live a victorious life. So the conference or seminar is titled Discovering Your Authentic Self. So make sure that you're plugged in. I'm going to teach. Dr. Erico is going to teach. Uh, Gavin's going to uh, moderate it. We're going to have some Q&A, some interviews. We It's going to be really nice. It's, it'll be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you get plugged in for it. The information is forthcoming. So be on the lookout for it. All right, beautiful. So, Gavin, it looks like we have a few people who have called in. So let's take these calls all right all right okay uh dot how are you doing there are you there
0: hi how are you good morning good morning reverend mcdowell and gavin
2: good morning good how morning. are you okay how you
0: doing? i don't have a question i just wanted to make a statement um i'm not a business owner of an establishment as you know but i am the owner of my own mind so reading your book um taught me a lot. I really enjoyed it. It was easy to read and practical. And I just want to say, Gavin, I support you 100%. I'm proud of you. And, Thank again, you this so is much. a great read book. Great read. Very helpful.
1: I, re- I really appreciate it. Thank you so okay. much. It was, okay. You know, putting putting your principles on, on paper and sharing it, it's a step. You know, re- Reverend McDowell and Reverend Wells and the other ministers, they've been doing it for years But actually, you know, sharing what you work with was a step for me, so I'm glad that it's very well received. I appreciate it. Oh,
0: yes, yes. Like I said, I'm not a business owner of a a building establishment, but I'm the owner of my mind, and I use the information in your book to better
2: me. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for calling in, Dot. Much appreciated. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. All right, Tiffany, are you there?
0: Hi, I'm here, Reverend McDowell. How are you?
2: I'm um, excellent, Tiffany. Thanks for calling in.
0: Thank you so much, and hello to you, Gavin. Hey, Tiffany. So, Gavin, thank you so much for writing this book. I think you've encouraged many of us that have had an interest in being authors and you know, getting our thoughts on paper. Question for you, what was your strategy in actually doing that? I know you talked about, You know this idea actually came about roughly about a year ago and so now you know the the book is produced the books are selling what was your strategy to actually get it done because you know i think the process of writing a book can be overwhelming just thinking about it and you've got all of these great ideas and material but what was your plan to get the thoughts out of your mind get it on paper and then also thinking about your audience at the same time
1: well, you know, one, one thing that really helped me was whenever something comes to my mind, I actually speak it into my phone. So, you know, you can, like, talk to text. Mm-hmm. I have, like, a, a notes section in my phone because sometimes the ideas come to you anywhere. You're sitting down eating, you're taking a walk, you're exercising, and you have this idea come up, and then you wait three hours later to try to go home and write it down, and you're like, wait a minute, what was that? So, I, when it comes to me immediately, I speak and it's on my phone. And I noticed just over the, the, the lockdown period, when most of the country, uh, us here in Chicago, we were locked down, really, really solidly locked down for two months uh, March, April, beginning of May that I had uh, lots and lots of notes. And so I just started organizing them and build, building it out from there.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that advice. I think you you put some fire into many of us now.
2: <laughs> all right. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Tiffany, and for all that you do for Christ Universal Temple in your capacity as uh board president and the various roles you have taken on throughout the years. And you know we're gonna keep you working because you get stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> and right. here to
0: serve. <laughs> <laughs>
2: best is yet to come tiffany without a doubt the best is yet to come
0: <laughs> yes and so it is thank you reverend mcdowell and gavin have a great day
2: you also take care Goodbye. so um it's great hearing from people that you know mean so much to us and i i appreciate everyone calling in uh i do just want to say this before we get to the next point that you know i wasn't born in christ universal temple like you were uh but uh I can't imagine my life without this community. This community has been beyond supportive of me, uh to love me, teach me, instruct me, guide me, put me on the path that I'm on right now. You know, I can't even imagine not encountering Christ Universal Temple and becoming a part of this community. I think it's the best thing going and, you know, You know, I know you're raising your sons right now in this ministry, met your wife in this ministry. I've raised, you know, my daughter in this ministry. I, you know, can you speak just a little bit about the Christ Universal Temple community as a person who was born not only into the community, but but the fact that your father has such a close relationship with the founder of our ministry?
1: I, I see it as, you know, just a huge advantage for, for myself. You know, sometimes you say, man, you know, everybody is born with, you know, some privilege, not privilege. The, the biggest privilege I've, I've had growing up was learning these truths as a kid, as a child. Even if you don't come into the full understanding of it until you're well-grown, having that as, as a baseline has meant so much to me. Um, you mentioned my father, who was also an entrepreneur, but he was our founder's um, first security detail. He was he was attending the church on a date with my mom, um, going to classes, uh, going to Basic Truth classes while he was dating my mom, and just you know came into what he knew would change his life. And and him and Reverend Coleman became close, and he, he was by her side and started her security detail. now over over 40 years ago
2: 45 years ago yes 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 i love the fact that you see it as an advantage that you don't have to unlearn so i want to deal with this quote that you have of yoda on page 37 under the chapter the awakening you wrote quoting yoda you must unlearn what you have learned so when you're talking to business owners to entrepreneurs and people who are striving to get into business, what do they need to unlearn?
1: Well, those of us, and, and again, it's it's for, you know, business leaders and entrepreneurs, but anybody that is a, looking to be a high achiever, we lean on our intellect so much. I mean, we are just, you know, we're, we're so proud of the school we went to. We're so proud of the, the books we've read. We're so proud of you know, the mentors we've had in business. And so intellectually, we are programmed to move the business or move the idea forward in a certain way. And that's great, and it works. But this scene in in Empire Strikes Back is Yoda teaching somebody that knows how to fly. He's teaching Luke Skywalker, he knows how to fly. He's a pilot already. He knows how to fight. But he's telling him, like, there's you have to deprogram yourself because I'm trying to give you a higher understanding of how things work. Like, you're throwing rocks. I'm trying to teach you how to move rocks without touching them at all. It's a completely different understanding. So the same applies for the business. You know, yes, you you know how to fight. You know how to thrive, you fly. You know how to throw rocks. It's time to move rocks with your mind. It's time to move things without touching them. And it means unlearning, or at least sitting down some of those intellectual instincts so that those spiritual instincts can show you a new way that your intellect may not have considered.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. We have another caller, Gavin, so let me bring this caller on. Aisha, are you there?
0: Hi, guys. How are you? Uh,
2: Hey there, Aisha. All right. This, This is a family reunion today. This is beautiful. How
0: you doing? Yes, I just wanted to say that and Galen, and you hit it on the head, Reverend McDowell, when you said as entrepreneurs, we have no safety net, so we just have to take our wings and fly into and my fellow Sunday school classmate, Gavin, so proud of you, and we'll, um, I know you. you will continue to soar.
1: Appreciate your support, appreciate, you know, have, having this collective consciousness of, of great people around me, so thank you so much.
2: All right, guys, thank, take care. Thank you, Aisha. Look forward to sure. seeing your face in person, real soon. You know. Yes, we, we, we will. We're I know, gonna get too. back together and 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 recreate this love fest as soon as we can.
0: Yes, we will. yeah. and <laughs> so
2: it is. All right, so it is. Take care, now.
0: Okay. Bye, bye.
2: All right. So, Gavin, on page forty-two of the book you wrote, talking about dealing with ideas, sometimes you have you absolutely have to sit with an idea for a while, almost to the exclusion of other things so that you can truly experience your awakening.
1: Can you give some context to that statement? Yes, yeah, so that was, you know, that, that's really coming out of an examination of, you know, the conversion of, of Saul to Paul. Um, we, we all know the story, you know, he's on the road to Damascus, For most of his career, he's been a persecutor of the followers of Jesus, and he has an experience where he has an encounter, not a physical encounter, but an encounter with Jesus the Christ that that knocks him off his horse, he's blinded. But Scripture also describes that for three days he was isolated. For three days he was fasting, no food and no water. And I contend that this is instructive to us when we are having our conversion experience. We have all had that, that, that still, small voice speak to us and give us an idea. We've all had that intuition tell us to move one way or another. But we move from that idea so fast that we don't allow that conversion, that that Christ in us speaking to us, to fully evolve in us. We don't allow ourselves to just sit with it. And so what I'm saying is when, when you get that idea, when you get that inspiration, you have to really honor it. I'm using this term honor on purpose. You have to honor that. This might be a conversion experience. So take some time to set down some things. And I'm not you know, looking past the fact that some of us are parents, some of us are taking care of folks, we have full-time jobs, but you have to take time to sit with that idea the way Paul did. They say three days. I don't know if three days means three months, three hours, three weeks, but a specific period of time so that you can let that Christ-given idea fully come forth in you. Right, right. You know, as you were speaking
2: about dealing with the idea, I remember a conversation that I had with our senior minister. This conversation was probably about 20 years ago when neither one of us were ministers at the time. And I said to him, you're a mystic. And, you know, I said, said, when I think about you, I think of a mystical person. And, you know, I said, because, you know, you have... A, a depth a, about you that's that anybody that has spiritual discernment can see and you know, and I know we're talking about your book, but it just stirred this up and I just feel as though I need to, to say this, that Absolutely. when you are working with people who know how to sit with ideas and play with ideas and, and undress the idea, uh, it, sometimes they don't move according to the speed you want to move. They, they're, they're because they are communing right. with the spirit they're communing with the idea and that allows them to work with uh their goals their dreams their mission the purpose or whatever god is leading them to do in a in a in a way that is in alignment with spiritual understanding and purpose so, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever heard me call him a mystic before, but I remember the very Absolutely. first time I said that to him because, even now, as you know, we work as you know his you know left and right hand basically. Uh, we see the the blend of the spirituality and the business and how it has to work to give us the best
1: opportunity to to win. That's it. We don't be rushed moving off of your idea, don't be rushed on moving on your idea. Sit, right. sit with it as long as you need to. Right, right, right. It makes a difference.
2: And uh, to, to quote our founder, all of God's ideas come fully closed. Everything that's needed to fulfill the idea is in the idea. But Amen you have to become intimate with the idea. You know, that's and it. I think that that's part of what I got from your chapter. There's an intimacy to spirituality that sometimes people don't realize that if you're just rushing in and out it's sort of like if you were dating someone and you wanted to get to know them better you have to spend time with them Well, we have to still spend time with these spiritual ideas we have to spend time with our own inner being we have to spend time with the Christ or the I am of our own nature of our own inner being and once we spend the time the intentional time will get intentional results. So, Gavin, on in the chapter, in chapter six, you are more than enough. You give a few steps um, to helping people understand what you're more than enough actually means. Uh, You know, step one is sit down. Step two is what do you have? And step three is give thanks. Can you give a brief overview
1: of what that means. Absolutely. So that that is my examination of re- really the only the only miracle that that's mentioned in in all of the gospel accounts and that's that's Jesus feeding the 5000. And in that in that description, the 5000 people that are that are following Jesus, they are really clamoring. I mean they're they're excited. You know, he's, he's, he's giving them the good news. He's giving them the word. He's leveling up their life. So you have this huge kind of rambunctious group of people, but they're also hungry. And so now you have this this rambunctious crowd, this hungry crowd, and you have to figure out how to feed this crowd. And the steps that Jesus gives for this manifestation to feed this crowd, I believe, are instructive. To each and every one of us whether it has to do with with business any type of achievement any type of movement forward we all we all know the story of how you know he multiplied the fishes and the loaves but it starts with him giving some instructions the first instruction that he tells his disciples is to have these people sit down in the grass every That is instructive to us because he is not about to work with his truth in the face of a lot of noise and distraction. Sit down for us is instructive because it is saying the ideas, the things that are pulling on you are actually in the way of you working your miracle. The noise from the the bills coming in the mail needs to sit down. The noise from things pulling on your time need to sit down, the noise from other distractions and things that make you feel anxious, the first thing you need to do is to almost talk to things that look like they're challenging you and have them quote-unquote sit down. That is, be quiet, be still while I work on this. Then Jesus asked, well, what, what do we have? Every translation has that. What do we have? What do we have at hand? And, of course, they talk about five loaves of bread and two fish. But we are being asked to, after we quiet down the noise of the things pulling on us, examine what we have. What do we have at hand? One easy way to examine what you have at hand is to look back on a time when you thought you weren't going to be able to do something and you came through. Look back on a past miracle in your life. Look back on a past achievement. And that way you are connecting the actions of the past, and it imbues the faith in the present. You're reminding yourself that the same God that did it before can do it now, but you have to be really intentional in saying, what, what do I have at hand? And I'm just moving through this fast. Once you get the book, you'll get all the details the third step, again, is give thanks. All four gospel descriptions show Jesus breaking the bread, giving thanks, and then the thing manifests. Then the multiplication appears. You have to give thanks for the blessing you're asking for before an inkling of it shows up. You have to give thanks for it before it manifests. You have to give thanks for it before you see it with your Thanks is what sparks the movement of Christ in you, from you, onto your environment. So, you know, if you get the book, you can see how we how those three steps are really broken down. But I think it's a real practical way to, to move things forward in business, and in, in life, or whatever you're trying to work on. Beautiful, beautiful.
2: So uh, we have about five minutes left, so I want to ask one more question because I want to make sure that the listeners are getting as much information as they can get. And remember, you can get the book mind and grind on amazon.com so you can order it today. I would say, you know, if you're listening to this on a different device or you can do one than one thing at one time, order the book right now, order the book right now, make sure you get it. You might be listening to this podcast months or even years from now. If that is, If that is so, order the book, get the book, make sure that you bless yourself. And here's the thing. If you know someone that is involved in business or is an entrepreneur, I strongly suggest and recommend that you order a book for them. You know, many times we give people things that don't last. Give somebody something that can benefit them because people are out there looking for answers. I really believe that they are. And when you bump across answers for yourself that can bless somebody else, make an investment in somebody else's life. So if you order the book, order two, order three, order four, give them out to your family members. Give them out to that person who's been saying for years that they want to start a business. Give it out to somebody who might be struggling and figuring out how they want to do it. If you know people that are in, uh, you know, you know, uh, I forgot what they call it, multi-level marketing, and they're trying to figure out how they want to do something, order the book for them. It's a practical book about how you can use spiritual principles to achieve your business goals. So make sure you get it. So last question, Gavin, and this answer has to be quick. On page 59, you wrote, the repeated actions may or may not be effective in your new challenge, challenge, but the repeated spiritual awareness that will direct victorious action is the actual keystone to your victory. Can you just break that down about actions versus spiritual awareness that directs the action?
1: Absolutely. So a lot of times in in business we are we are taught intellectually to, you know, look look at how prior people have done this, study study your predecessors, study ways that you have done things before and build on that and that is absolutely key in business, but sometimes what the real level of, where the real level of lies is not in that physical action. It's in the consciousness behind the action. There will be people that you admire and say, man, I wanna do this just like this person, but it may not be able to be done like that person. You are not supposed to copy the physical actions, you are not supposed to sometimes even repeat the physical actions of your past victory. I just talked about looking back on the past when you've you've been able to have a victory that you didn't think you would be able to have. I'm not saying repeat the actions. I'm saying look at where your heart was, look at where your mind was, look at how how you were praying. The consciousness is what is repeatable. Oftentimes the actions are not repeatable. If you are paying attention to the actual physical actions, then you might miss where the real power is, which is in the consciousness, the awareness of God, the awareness of your own divinity beautiful, beautiful.
2: So we have about a minute left. So first of all, I just want to thank you for coming on today and sharing with my listeners all of this good truth that God has placed in you. Thank you so much. Um, And I know that you will continue to go out and bless people. I'm, if you're ministers out there, or if you're associated with organizations, whether they're business or spiritual organizations, I strongly suggest have a conversation with your leaders. If you're not the leader, if you're not the decision, the decision maker, have those conversations with uh, the leaders and say, hey, we want to bring in someone who can help us connect the dots on how to practically apply spiritual principles to our business. So make sure that you let your leaders know, again, whether that's business or if you're a part of a spiritual organization, because as we all get it, we can make the world better and create a world that works for everyone. So I'm running out of time. I want to make sure that you all know the series that starts in March will be based upon the book, The Five Choices. So make sure that you plug in. I'll have a reruns for a couple of weeks and then I'm coming back strong I'll be with you in March with True Transforms God bless
0: thanks for listening this is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world